When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. My name is John Schmelk, joined by our fearsome foursome, the whole crew together. Lance Meadow, Jeff Eagles, Paul Dettino, talking Giants football with you. We hope to be back live at some point next week. Progress apparently is being made by our top folks working on the issue, so hopefully we can be back live uh, coming your way next week. In the meantime, keep checking out our programs on our podcast platforms and, of course, on the Giants mobile app. It was the third practice of training camp. The fourth consecutive day of unpadded practices will be on Saturday, and then they'll be back after an off-day Sunday for the first padded practice of the summer on Monday after the first two days of practice where the focus was red zone and third and short, kind of keeping things in a restricted area so guys aren't opening up their hamstrings and their quads uh, for soft tissue injuries. They did a little bit more today in terms of third and long and and move the ball type stuff and, and the early part of practice. So um, guys, Paul, Jeff, you guys are out of practice today, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of leave it to you. The one play that jumped out to me, Darnay Holmes with another interception is third one in as many days to start camp, this time reading a wide receiver or screen, jumping the route for what would have been a really easy pick six, and he's probably been the standout of camp so far. You guys can talk about that, and then you can also discuss anything else that jumped out to you guys at practice. Well, I think, to be honest with you, John, yesterday was a really bad heat day in terms of the humidity and the uh, conditions. The players really labored, and so today I thought they took it a little bit easier. The weather was better. Uh, the humidity was down. Temperature was in the mid-80s. Uh, but to be frank, I, I didn't, didn't think... I didn't sense it was that much cooler today, to be honest with you, was it? Yeah, I, I, well, I sensed it. But, okay. but, but, but I will tell you this. Uh, I didn't think the, first, uh, uh, the third practice was nearly as crisp as the first two. I, I thought the first two were better. I think today maybe guys were a little gassed. Remember, they just came back. Camp just opened. This was the first day in shells. Mm, All right. So it was tough. helmets, shirts, and shorts, the first two. Oh. Now they're in shells today and tomorrow. Real pads Monday, as you said. And I just think that it wasn't it wasn't the best of practices. But again, I, I think they're the guys were really, really burned out after after yesterday's practice. It just sucked all the gas out of them. Yeah, I mean it 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 happens. You know, 
Listen, I, I've I spent a lot of time in that field when it's been cold, warm, hot, you name it. But I mean, my God, it's it's so tough on these guys these days, you know, going an hour and a half of practice and then having to, you know, come inside to an air conditioned building. And, and, um, and in fact, one might say it was so hot. You had to sit down. If you I did have to sit practice. down out there. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I was reminded to get up. <laughs> we won't go there. But, you know, and, and this is the thing about it, as you as a coach, and I'm sure that Brian Dable is, is emphasizing this is that, hey, guys, this is our third practice. We got to have better practices if you're tired because you got, you know, when you're tired is when you got to be able to play better because that's fourth quarter conditioning and that's when you're going to win ball games. So it's something to take a look at. But, you know, it happens. Everybody's human. Things have to you got to kind of get acclimated to all of this stuff. And I think that's it's all part of the ramp up, if you will, guys, is kind of running these routes and making sure that nobody's, you know, opening up and going deep and those kinds of things. So you have to get used to it. And again, once you get through this weekend, and now they're going to put the pads on. Then you, again, have to start getting used to that feeling. Um, so, and, and what's funny about this is that with all the new guys that are here, the guys coming out of college, you know, that it was a little bit different when you're in college. I mean, the college goes full pads almost every day. So some of these guys are probably sitting there going, hey, this isn't all that bad. You know, I mean, you're in shorts and shells and things like that. So I think Monday will be a lot of fun to watch. Of course, they'll start working on first and second downs. That's going to be a lot of running plays, and you're going to be a lot of hitting that day. So it'll be fun to watch. If I may add, John and Jeff uh, as well, one of the problems you have when you have the heat and the humidity at the beginning of training camp is that you have a lot of guys the last couple of days before camp opens, they're trying to make weight. And they will push themselves. They won't be eating properly. They'll wind up getting dehydrated because they're not drinking as much. And they're trying to get underweight because they know when they report for the conditioning tests, if they're not, they're going to get fined. And it's going to look bad upon them. So they don't necessarily do what's the best for their, for their bodies because they're trying to make sure they get their number right. And I think... In some instances, that's why you will see some guys labor and some physically guys. just feel like they're they're out of gas because they they push themselves to that degree. Well, Jeff, as for Jeff, from from a player's perspective, do you start feeling it when you get to like the third consecutive practice to yeah. start camp? Now, obviously, this is a lot different than when you were there. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> Tom no, would have no, been on yeah. the second day of two two, two days with pads, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, <laughs> every day, no, no break. Yeah, you do. Even after the third day, because you want to know why, because you're not used to it. And like I said, that's what I was saying that you become acclimated to going out there and practicing every day in training camp. But the first week you, you're sore. I was talking to Graham Gano today and I said, how are you feeling? He goes, I'm sore. I'm like, guys, where are you sore from? He says, I'm sore from the conditioning test. You know, because I mean, these guys are just they're constantly, you know, they're preparing for that type of thing. But then all of a sudden they have to, you know, conditioning test and then they go right into practice and then they start kicking. And so it's just an acclimation period. It's just like any of us. Like if we're going to go go out and do something for three days in a row, we're going to be sore. We just got to have to get our bodies ready to go. So it's a mental thing more than a physical thing, John. I mean, you know, you, you just know your body is sore, but you got to mentally get get over it. See, see, this is why when Jeff went from, you know, mandatory minicamp to, to, to training camp, he would play those 27 holes, holes of golf a day. So yeah. he would stay in I shape when he get back, he'd be ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I had to walk them. See, I mean, you're walking the humidity. You're getting, you know, that's that's a lot of it's a mental grueling task. You got to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you got to build up those calluses. Yeah, you do, absolutely. You, you do. Yeah. Are you well, doing? That, the guy, ahead, honestly, honestly, the guys that I feel like that get this probably the sorest are the guys that are you know the defensive backs and the and the the runners, the DBs, the yeah, receivers. Those are the guys that are all they do is run every single day of their life. And so you know the big fat guys, they just sit there and they move in a circle. They're not going to be that. They're not going to get that tired, and they're not going to get that sore because they're really not doing much other than just you know 
piddle faddle here, tap stuff. So. And by the well, way, I should I should point out by the way, just just very quickly, this is going to be our big over under show. I want to try to get this in before we do uh, get our phone calls back. Hopefully next week when we start going live again. So once we get done with this portion, we're going to be doing about thirty minutes at least of over under. So you guys can stay tuned for that. Go ahead, Lance. No, I was just going to say, Brian Dable, actually, when he spoke to the media earlier today, he mentioned, you know, he's having some of the guys run because he wants to put them back on the field and simulate the fourth quarter. No different than in basketball when you have guys shoot free throws at the end of practice because you want them to do it when they feel exhausted. It's not a bad thing to have guys not necessarily feel 100% in the first few days of training camp because they should understand come the late third, fourth quarter, if some of these guys are playing a lot of snaps – it's going to simulate what exactly they're yeah. going to experience under those circumstances. Yeah, and Lance, what he was talking about specifically, and we didn't bring this up on yesterday's show, there was a period in practice on, I guess that was Thursday, where the offense kind of drove down the field. They had the ball on the two or three yard line ready to go into the end zone. Dable blew the whistle, had them run about two quick sets of like 15 or 20 yard sprints, then go back and run the play to his point because he wants to see how they can run plays and, and run their offense um, when they're winded. So that was something that he did in practice yesterday. Yeah, especially in a game where also you may be doing something no huddle and guys have to quickly get back at the line of scrimmage. I mean, to me, it's just a good taste of what you may have on your plate when it comes to the regular season. Also, the other thing that he was mentioning was cutting off the lines of communication between the two coordinators and the players so that Daniel Jones and McKinney can call the plays. God forbid there's a communication issue. And we know from covering the team over the last few years, they've experienced that already, where the headsets all of a sudden go dead. And now all of a sudden, the players need to be able to take over the controls themselves. So all of these things you're working on right now so that when you do experience it, God forbid, during the course of the regular season, it's not all of a sudden uncharted territory. What do you guys think? Do you think this is McKinney having the headset going back to the spring and having the green dot because Blake hasn't been out there? Do you think it's going to stay this way? Do you think McKinney's just going to be the guy? Because, look, maybe Blake's not going to be on the field for every passing situation, but Xavier McKinney is, right? So maybe he is going to be the guy that has the green dot all year. What do you guys think about that, Paul? Was I on with you, Jeff, or Lance earlier in the week when we we discussed about the most valuable giant and the guy you that was us. losing everything. Right? Yeah. And, and yeah. I, what I say to you, Lance, I said, we don't know how many snaps Blake Martinez will be on the field for. He, when he was healthy with the Giants, you expected him to be on for 95% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. He would rarely come off. But with Wink's system, I'm not so sure that he'll be on the field for more than 80 to 85%. I think there's going to be more snaps he won't be than in years past. And I think that could be part of why they want McKinney to be able to learn it. And the other thing, quite frankly, is that Wink had Eric Weddle do it when he was in Baltimore. Weddle called the That's signals. That's more of a reason probably. Right? right? Yeah, that to me is And more so reason, yeah. he, he told McKinney, you get with Weddle, here's his phone number, talk to him, find out how this whole system works, find out what I like, find out what you need to prioritize, and go for it. You and Weddle need to hook up. And they did. So I, I'll be honest, John. Is McKinney going to call all the signals from week one? I don't know the answer to that. But you damn well can be sure he's going to call some of them. Well, I look, think it's pretty I'll, obvious. Look, you can't rotate play to play. Like, either you no, have no. the green dot helmet on or you don't. So they're going to have to make it. It's not like you're going to switch from series to series. You're going to have to make a call on this. Yeah, but it could go week to week. If they feel on a certain week. Why would you week, do that, though? Because if you know on a certain week, let's say that Blake is going to be substituted out on 30 plays this week because of who we're playing, the matchup dictates that we're going to wind up going really heavy 
with coverage guys and we're going to take Blake off the field. Or maybe it's only for September as Blake tries to acclimate himself in and get more snaps ready. Well, well, look, but, you know but, what I'm but, saying? No, but Paul, but I guess my point is you, you, you know McKinney's going to be out there all the time, so why not just leave it with him? Well, they, uh, they might very much do that. Or, or maybe, maybe, again, I, I'm giving you possibilities. I'm not right, telling you right. what I think is going to happen. It's entirely possible that as Blake weans himself into the lineup, maybe McKinney starts out the first month calling the signals, and then when Blake is ready to go full throttle and play 95%, maybe he gets the helmet back in October. I, I, I don't know. These are possibilities. It's a good over-under. I think it's more. <laughs> I think McKinney wearing the helmet is a product of what Wink did with Baltimore. Right. And he had a lot of his secondary guys, specifically safeties, wear the helmet. So, for example, he mentioned Eric Weddle, Paul, Tony Jefferson wore the helmet, Chuck Clark wore the helmet. All those guys are secondary players. That's not to say that linebackers weren't utilized, but I think it's more of, hey, this is what he did in Baltimore, so he's going to continue to do it with the Giants. That's not to yeah. say that Blake may not have opportunities, but I think it's more of just a continuation of what he's used to doing. Well, and again, I think it's because you know, look, McKinney's never coming off the field, right? There is no package where Xavier McKinney's not going to be out not there. Not at all. But there could be packages, when, to your point, Paul, when Blake Martinez isn't out there. So if I had to bet right now, I think McKinney's probably going to have it, to be honest with you. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, final thing I want to touch on, guys, before we get to our over-unders, is the Giants uh, had a lot of discussion about Kadarius Tony today. Brian Dable has asked some questions about him, and then Tony took the took to the podium himself, talked about the offense a little bit. If you listen to the Giants Huddle podcast that I do with all the wide receivers, he talked a lot about the same stuff he did with me um, in terms of how this offense gives you a little bit more freedom as a wide receiver. Uh, your guys' takeaways from kind of those conversations and, and what Brian Dable had to say and then what Kadarius had to say as well. Go ahead, Lance. Well, I think Tony basically showcased his excitement for the offense. I mean, that to me was my major takeaway, and he's clearly looking forward to staying healthy, being on the field, and being utilized in a variety of ways. He was pressed upon question after question about what his takeaways were from last season and his mindset, and he really seemed to brush every single one of those questions aside. I'm not talking about last season. I'm not thinking about last season. It's all about moving forward. That seemed to be his attitude that he conveyed when he spoke with reporters, and he was asked, one of the questions was, you seem like you're very excited, and you're looking forward to getting back on the field and seeing how you could be utilized within this system and his answer was absolutely he seemed to even light up in terms of his emotions when he answered that question so that was my biggest takeaway as far as Dable you know Dable complimented Tony he says he's a very smart savvy player he's done everything they've asked over the course of the spring he's obviously been on the field right out of the gates to start training camp which is encouraging and you hope that he proves his durability throughout camp in the preseason and he's fully healthy and ready to go once the regular season starts. With a lot of these guys, see, we could sit here and talk all we want about expectations, excuse me, but the bottom line is they need to prove they could stay on the field. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay, the common element with all of these players this season, before you even start to speculate of what we are going to do later on in this program with the numbers, is Help. can you prove that you could play 14, 15, 16 games. And by they the way, we'll have to answer that call. And Tony said it, right? They asked him, well, you know, did you feel like, you know, you weren't able to really, like, contribute? He goes, yeah, well, I wasn't really on the field consistently last year because of injuries, so I just sure. wasn't able to do it. He basically gave that as one of his answers. And it's understandable. I mean, because that's why he's not taking much away from last season. He knows 
He doesn't have to beat around the bush and make excuses. The bottom line is he wasn't available to make enough of a statement last season other than that Cowboys game, which he was also asked about when he had the 10 catches, and he was asked, do you think that's an indication of what you could do on a day-to-day basis? And he goes, I'm not really thinking like that. I'm Once again, the arrow is pointing forward for him. He's not trying to put a game or two in perspective and think that all of a sudden he hits a magical button, and that gives him unbelievable numbers this year. I think it's a big year for him. I really do. Um, both, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do well, but I think he needs to do well because remember, we always talked about this in the offseason, guys, when the new coaches came in here and the and the new, you know, everybody, the new GM, Kadarius Tony was not drafted by this by this regime. So I think he has to do a lot to not that he's gonna get cut or anything like that, but he needs to show that hey, he still can be this guy, and I think he's gonna be uh, a huge component of the offense. And um, but I think the biggest thing, like Daniel Jones, and I think you, you nailed the head, nailed hit the nail on the head, is with the health. How many games can these guys stay on the field? That's the big question. We don't. I, there's no question about his his the way he plays and how he can make plays, but it's just his health, and that's a big thing. I mean, you know, guys, the one thing besides the health is that they've got a lot of potential weapons to use in a lot of different ways. So I don't necessarily know. I mean, health is certainly number one. I agree with you. But I think the second thing, which is a huge factor, is they're going to want to spread the ball around to keep defenses guessing. To Okay, you know what? We're not going to feed this one guy. We're not going to feed this other guy. It might be like Belichick does with his running backs in New England. You know? For years. He's got like a different leading rusher almost every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see do they mix and match the emphases? I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, with the different ball carriers and wide receivers on a week-to-week basis. You know, is one week Galladay going to be the featured guy? Next week it's going to be Tony. Next week it's going to be more Wondell Robinson. Next week Barkley's going to be featured as a receiver. Next week Barkley's going to be featured as a running back. I, I just, it's just such an unknown mystery to how this coaching staff thinks. And I know we could all say, well, let's go back to look at the Kansas City films. Let's look at the Buffalo films. Let's look at Baltimore films. I get that. There's going to be a lot of that in this. But even this coaching staff has admitted they need to find out more about these players in the next month and a half before they really know what they can do with them. Which is why these over-unders are going to be so much fun because we don't know how guys are going to be used and everything like that. So let's get to it. But first, as a reminder, Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, the membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, guys. You want to start, Canarius Tony, since we were just talking about him? Sure. Sure. All right, here we go. Mm. 
How many of you guys? Well, I know Jeff has because Jeff can't do anything off the top of his head. But have you got have Lance and Paul? You guys looked at the numbers I put out there. Thank you. Uh, I purposely yeah. did not. Okay, yeah. so Paul's fresh. All right, here we go. <laughs> Kadarius Tony receptions. I went fifty-five and a half. Fifty-five and a half. Let's start with you, Paul. Over or under? I see Kadarius Tony for probably a little bit under. I, I, I'm going to go right around 50, 51. I think it's going to be really close. I think you came up with a really good number there, but I suspect it'll be a tad under. Okay. Lance? Yeah, I'm going to go with Paul. I think he'll be slightly under too because, you know, going back to what Paul was emphasizing, I could see this offense being built around one game it's Tony, another game it's Robinson, another game it's Gallaudet. Now keep in mind, in order to accomplish that, the unit still needs to stay healthy. Yes. To keep the defenses on its toes, Paul, <laughs> yep. right? You're because right. Because if you have games where it's just Galladay and Tony, well, now the defense doesn't have to worry about Robinson, doesn't have to worry about Barkley. So the whole preface of that statement is you have a number of games where five or six guys are actually consistently on the field. So if we're operating under that, I wholeheartedly agree with Paul. But regardless of the fluctuations, I still think Tony will come in more around maybe 50-51 as opposed to 55. Mr. Fiegels. Well, the number is three point two six. That's per. That's that's huh? that's you, re, that's receptions per game. You See, took that this, right out of my this mouth. Golf that's guy is a mathematician so because looking, he's thinking about par all the if time. I, if I told you, will Kadarius Tony catch more than three point two six passes each game? You would probably say yes, right? I mean, it seems if he's healthy for seventeen games. Well, if he's healthy, correct, that's the, yes. that, and that's that's what's how I'm having a heart problem with this. But I have a feeling that this kid is going to be dynamite this year and i'm gonna go over i think he will get 55.5 because i think he can catch more than three balls a game i'm with jeff um i'm gonna i'm gonna take the over on this i'm actually pretty bullish on tony this year i think he's gonna have a good year um and i think they're going to design a lot of these short catches for him yeah so you'll get maybe at least one or two of those per game so then he only has to catch another what like two actual real passes down the field in order to get to that kind of four catches a game area Mm -hmm. now i don't think he's eclipsing 65 or 60 maybe even, but I, I think he'll get above 55. So I'll go over 55 and a half. So we got a split field for that. Now here's the trick on the next one, and Jeff, we can start with you on this. Combined rushing, receiving, and passing yards. <laughs> I like how you threw that one in there. For Kadarius Tony, 850. 850. Well, well, I'll start because, I mean, if I'm going to go over 55 and a half and those four catches per game um, – you know, and, and go with, I think he's going to have a big year. I'm going to go over with this. Now, I don't think it's going to be much over for this. And, in fact, I probably wouldn't be surprised if it is under. But I, I, I'm, I'm banking on Kadarius Tony having a good year, so I'm going to go over. I'm going to say probably just under 900 for him. Okay. Because I feel like you. the big play potential, he has that big play potential. He can he can have a 10-catch game like he did in Dallas and, you know, and, and have 200-something yards receiving. So I'm actually with you, Jeff. I'm also going to go over here. Lance, how about you? I'm going to go under because, see, I'm going to take the phrase you used. I'm more bullish on Wondell Robinson than I am Kadarius Tony. Not that I don't think Tony can have a good season. Mm-hmm. I just think they're going to tap more into Robinson in volume-wise. So, therefore, I'll go slightly under 850 for Tony. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go under also. I mean, if you're talking about 850 yards, uh, you're talking about with those three things, rushing, receiving, and passing, it's about 16 yards a touch, whether it's a catch, a run, or a throw. I don't necessarily think he can make that number, so I'll go under. I think he can get to 150 with passing and rushing. 
which means all I need to get to is 700 for receiving yards. I think he can get there. I think he can get there. All right, same same category here. Lance, we can start with you. Combined rushing, receiving, and passing touchdowns for Mr. Tony, I put five and a half. I can see him getting six. I'll go over here. I mean, remember, receiving yards and receiving receptions rather don't necessarily have anything to do with the capacity to get into the end zone because you can get one yard rushing scores and one yard reception so I don't necessarily think that limits his ability I could see Tony maybe getting about six or seven so I'll go over here Paul Uh, I actually like five so I'm gonna have to go under Uh, I've got just this really itchy feeling in the back of my head that keeps saying they're gonna spread it around they're gonna spread it around they're gonna spread it around and I just don't think he'll be enough of a focal point, so to speak, on a consistent basis to give you a big number. Jeff? Yeah, I actually like him getting a couple of touchdowns rushing. I think he'll yeah, maybe three, three maybe in there. So, and then a three, three touchdowns receiving. I don't think that's that difficult. So, and 5.5, I like the number. I'm going to go over here. I could see a passing touchdown, too, on a trick play somewhere yeah, well, along the, the year, too, to be you honest never with know. you. So, Jeff, yeah. I'm with you. I think Jeff and I are on the same page here with, with Tony. I'll go over on that, too. All right, Lance, we'll start with you. Shocking that Lance is bullish on the 5'8", Wondell Robinson. Well, I, Tony's I not can't. a tall guy, either. I mean, in fairness, he's not a that five big nine, of a guy. Maybe. Yeah, well, Tony's mean, you know, like six feet tall. A, I don't five consider 11. him a tower, though. No, but he's so. not 5'8". No, but Skyscraper is Paul. Quick, say. shifty guy. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about tall guys, Kenny Galladay is the guy that stands yes, out yes. compared to the rest yes. of the receiving court. Embrace yeah. the Wandell Robinson vibe. I'm not, I'm, that's not Embrace why I'm bullish it. on him. I just uh, think his versatility he, he is, is the, the reason why. He is the next Trendon Holiday. Well, he better be better than Trendon Holiday <laughs> because if he's the next Trendon Holiday, they're in trouble then because yes, yeah, Holiday didn't true. make it on the field. All right, so. Wondell Robinson, what do you want to start with, Lance? Yards or receptions? Where do you want to go? Start with receptions. Go in the same order as Tony. We'll go receptions. 60 and a half. 60 and a half. I mean, 60 and a half is still high, but I I do see him maybe getting into the 61, 62 category. I don't think he's going to get that much above 60 and a half. I'll go slightly over here. I'm with you. I think he's going to be a big volume guy where he's going to, you know, he'll have a bunch of games where he catches five passes for like 43 yards. You know, yeah, I, think exactly. have, I, th- I think we'll have a lot of those. So I'm going to go over on receptions as well. Paul, how about you? 60 and a half. If you had asked me 60 and a half for touches, I would go over because I do think he's going to get quite a few opportunities to run the ball given that he did it at Nebraska and they want to use him in a variety of ways. But strictly catches, I think he is much like the gentleman we talked about a few minutes ago. He's going to wind up being right around 50. So I got to go under. Now, a big thing with him, too, is when does Sterling Shepard come back? And does he bite? And I did not make Shepard one of the categories here just because we don't know his health status. So I thought it would kind of just be guessing. And it didn't make sense to do that. But, um, okay. So Wondell, 16 and a half. I'm going over. Lance is over. Paul's under. How about you, Mr. Fiegels? Well, one thing about Wondell Robinson is he's a tough dude. And I, I anticipate him being, he's a tough guy. I think he's going to play a lot of games. And so if Kadarius Tony goes out of the lineup, and Sterling Shepard certainly isn't in there a little bit. Maybe this guy gets a lot more than we're thinking about. I'm going to go over. Okay, let's go to yards. I have him down for 800 um, on the year, and I think that's – now again, if I'm going to put 60 catches, 800 yards, that in terms of yards per reception, that isn't a huge number. Um, but I'm going to go under. Like I said, I think he'll be more of a volume guy than a yardage guy. So I'm going to go under the 800 yards. How about you, Jeff? 
Yeah, I think it's a lot. And I think that, you know, there are some big plays for these little guys, but I think that most of them are going to be in that 10 to 12 to 20 yarder. But so I'm going to go under here, 800. I have Kadarius going over 850. And I, I mean, for me to have Wondell going over 800 too, that's, that's a lot for those two guys. Sure. So I'm going right. to go under. Lance? Now, just for clarification, this is receiving yards, This is correct? just receiving yeah. yards. That is because, correct. see, A, I think he's going to get some opportunities to run, and the other factor that I'm taking into consideration is I think Barkley will be involved in the passing game, mm-hmm. and he's going to take away opportunities and add into that equation that we were talking about earlier with Paul in spreading the wealth. So I'm also going to go under 800 here. Okay, and Mr. Detino, I'm assuming you're under on this as well. Yeah, I have to be because if I'm thinking about 50 catches for him on the season – that means he's got to be 16 yards a catch to reach 800. I think that's asking a lot. Fair enough. Let's go total touchdowns. This this includes rushing now. Four and a half. Four and a half for total touchdowns for Wendell Robinson. I'm going to go under here because I think Tony will be the more of the gadget guy around the goal line than Robinson will be. And I think the shorter guys have sometimes finding have trouble finding space uh, in, in the red zone in order to catch some of these touchdown passes. Lance, how about you? I'm going to go over. I think you get to five. Once again, I don't think it's going to be immensely higher than the number you put, but if you look at his college film, you figure he's going to be good for a few breakaway touchdowns, perhaps, where he really wiggles out into open space. So, therefore, I don't think there's going to be as much pressure on him, John, to have to get a boatload of red zone scores. And even if he gets two and he gets three explosive plays, that's five right there on the season. Paul? Yeah, I'm going to go over here as well because I do believe he will have the most carries of any of the wide receivers. Now, given that, I could very easily see them running a sweep with him on first and goal from the two-yard line, and he runs it in because his Mm -hmm. speed to get to the outside or the edge, or for that matter, defense is not being able to see that he even has the ball. Yeah. So to me, yeah, because of his running capabilities, this, this is going to be an over. Well, you stole that one for me. I agree with you. I think that running is he's going to score running. I think that he will get a couple catches for touchdowns. But here's the, here's the kicker, literally. I think he's going to score on a return, a punt return, a kickoff mm. return if he's in there. Now, so do you w- have secret information no, I don't, on special but I'm teams just that you, he's going to be the guy? I, I, well, I, don't, I, I would imagine. Why not? The guy is he's, he's hard to you – know, one of these guys need to return something. It's either it's Tony or or or, or Robinson. Is, is Richie James going to be the return man well, this year? We're talking about Robinson. I think that he's and so that's how I think he gets to five. So I'm going to go over. Fair enough. All right, let's go to Kenny Galladay, our final wide receiver, before we go to Daniel Jones and Saquon here. Um, Kenny Galladay receptions. I put it at sixty three and a half. Sixty three and a half. Um, why don't we start with you, Mister Lance Meadow? Well, Galladay's been in the 65-catch territory previously when he's been fully healthy, and clearly now we have 17 games. But I don't think he's going to explode this season. I mean, guys, remember where he's coming from based on his numbers last season. Now, I understand he wasn't fully healthy. Last two years, by the way, not just last year. Correct. Well, he was limited to five games the year prior. So, I mean, you really got to go back into the archives to pull back these numbers out. And if we're going to go with the spread the wealth mentality, which I truly believe, I think you've got to then put his numbers in perspective. So could Galladay get 57, 60 catches? Sure, but I think he may be pushing a little bit with 65. I'm going to go under here. Yeah, I'm going to go under too. I think 63 and a half maybe is a little bit high. It would not shock me if he went over this, but I think he'll be more in the 
big play, fewer catches type of category. Like, he's not going to be the Daniel Jones safety net here. I think Jones will look elsewhere for that. So I'm also going to go under the 63-and-a-half. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, I, I until he can prove to me that he'll stay on the field, then this number's got to be lower. So I'll stick Paul? with Paul? Yeah, you, you guys make very good logical cases here. I hope uh, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Well, I, I hope you're wrong, too. Uh, I know his focus is right now out of this world. I've talked to people who have talked to him privately and tell me how determined he is. And I know that him and Mike Kafka have absolutely hit it off like gangbusters. I think, I think I've think i said this on the program before. I've got Galladay going for about 65 catches for 1,200 yards and six touchdowns. So you really, really kind of read my mind on your three Galladay numbers here, John, because you're basically right there within a millimeter on all three of your categories. So I'll so, go over. Okay, so let, let, let's go to yards then, Paul. We'll, we'll go right back to you. I went 1,050, yeah. which would be, I believe, is third highest number. I believe he was 1063 one year, mm -hmm. and then he had over 1,100 the other year. So this would be his third best of his career uh, reception, uh, receiving yards-wise. So are you going to go over the 1050 as well? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm counting on about 1,200. So, Ooh, yes. That would be a career high for him. Yeah. I, All right, I, Jeff. I think he's going to have a big mm. year. How about you? Again, I, 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 he's got to stay on the field. If he does, he'll make it. But I just, I'm until I see it. I know. So, But here's the thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, with all the way that this offense is running and we're watching practice every day, we've seen what the bills do. We've seen what the chiefs do. I mean, the big play potential on here could happen, but I just feel there's just so many guys that are going to catch so many different balls. Yeah. It's going to be hard to rack up these types of yards, if you will. So I'm going to go under. Yeah. And Lance and I talked about this the other day. We haven't seen a receiver of his archetype be explosive in one of those two systems too. So, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. they usually yeah. like the speed guys, mm -hmm. right, to, mm -hmm. to kind of succeed yeah. in those systems. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't be used in a certain way and, well, and, the next and be category. used, frankly, and be really good <laughs> and, and get 1,100 yards. Like, would I be blown away if Kenny Galladay finishes the season with 68 catches and 1,100 yards? Or that wouldn't even – I don't even think – I wouldn't even consider that a surprise. I would be okay. Yeah. That's why they that signed means, Kenny Galladay. He's fully capable of that. And that means he stayed on the field, John. But, means, yes, yeah. to Jeff's point, that means he stayed on the field the whole year. He has not been able to do that as much as – I'm sure he would have liked uh, two years ago, especially last year to an extent, though. I think he played, as Lance and I talked about on yesterday's show, played more snaps than I think people you know, seem to remember. But I I'm still going to go just under 1050 here. I think he might get to like maybe low thousands, like maybe like 1015, 1020. I'm just not sure he gets to 1050. So I'm going under. One have thing to your point, though, John, I will say this. You know, in the two years that Stephon Diggs was in Buffalo, and he was not their biggest receiver – but they utilized him as their big receiver. Oh, yeah, yeah, but he's okay. a totally different player Dif than different, is. Different physical skill set, but he was one of the bigger players. In fact, he was the tallest full-time player of the receivers on their roster. Nah, Gabriel he was, Davis was. No, Gabriel no Davis, but yeah. Davis is not full-time. Davis was not full-time player. As, as, at least I, I, when I did the Bills game last year, they were talking about him as not reaching his potential because he's not on the field all the time. Diggs is on the field all the time, and he's gotten 160 targets. And caught over 100 passes, you know, each of those years. Yeah, but he was like playing slot snaps. Again, for them too. I like, understand. I understand. Davis played. I understand. I understand. Two years ago, he played 73 percent right. of the snaps. 73 is so. not not up to 100. It's not no, up it's to 90. Not, but I mean, how many, how many did he play last year? Last how many? What, what was no? Last year's numbers year? went down. To right. A point. Exactly. Yeah, last year's numbers and went down. And that's the Bills yeah. game I did last year. So what I'm saying is, the taller receiver on the roster 
still does get his share uh, in this system. So I don't necessarily know if the system will keep Galladay down. I, I, I don't know if that holds water, but we'll see. No, no, I don't think the system is going to hold him down. I just haven't seen a person with his physical skill set have the highest level of success in that system. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the style of ball that the Bills of the Chiefs play, Tyreek Hill, they want to throw him like back shoulder throws, McCole Hardman. Yeah, exactly, yeah all right. those guys seem to thrive. That's not to say that Galladay's not going to have opportunities, but Correct. we haven't seen a Galladay other than like Travis Kelsey, if you want to throw him in there. But Kelsey's a tight end, the, he's not a wide receiver. We're looking through different angles of the prism here. I'm looking at it that he is the outlier of the wide receiver room. You're looking more at the small guys, the Shepherds and the and the Robinsons. You're looking at the Jameses potentially, the Tonys. Kenny Galladay is the outlier. He's the guy who doesn't fit the rest of the box. He's the bigger, taller guy and the bigger, deeper threat and the 50-50 ball guy. That's how I'm looking at it. You guys are, are right sure. in what you're saying, but you're looking at it from a different roadmap than I am. That's all. All right, let's. Well, Let, I, mean, uh, I don't think anybody's disputing no. the fact that he's the outlier. That That's what the point was. The point is that he doesn't match up with anybody from the Bills or the Chiefs over the last few years. It's just a matter of all we could go by is those style of players were at the disposal of the Bills or the Chiefs coaching staff, and those were the types of guys that they built their offenses around. It's not to say that Dable and Kafka can't adjust. Of it's course. just we can only go visually based on what we've seen. Well, I'll say this too. Like, system, throw that out the window too. We have to see Daniel Jones utilize a, a bigger yeah, wide who does receiver. Yeah, he want to throw to? Correct, sure. right. Yeah. And we haven't really seen him be the master of the back shoulder catch yet or anything like that yet in his career. So He's got to feel comfortable with the guy he's throwing it to. Exactly, 100%. All right, look, final touchdowns. Kenny Galladay, six and a half. Um, I'm going to go over on this one. Um, I've seen a lot of corner fades so far in practice, so I think they'll try to use by that By the way, a lot. just quickly, think, I'm yeah. under, John, by the way, for this last category. I don't know if you went to me, but I'm under oh. for 10.50. I'm sorry. I'm I, I, yes. I, I did have you down for under. Um, I don't. I thought I asked you that. I guess I didn't. Okay. No, I just wanted that, to throw my mind. two cents out there. Yes. Well, you that are now. You are now for touchdown six and a half. I'm going to go under. I think he'll come in maybe in the five or the six territory. Okay, Paul. Under. I've got six. Jeff. I'm going to go over because I feel like Kenny Kenny Galladay. We just talked about the height. I think this is somewhere where he 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 does well. I think Daniel Jones can can get some. I'm going to go. It's going to be close here. Uh, but I will go over. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay, I can't teach height. Um, Jeff, I will give you the option. Do mm-hmm. we go Saquon yeah. next or do you want to go Daniel Jones Let's next? go Saquon. Okay, Saquon, rushing yards, 1,200. Okay, so I know... Over or under? Yeah. I'm going go, to go under here um, just because I feel like this offense is going to be a little bit more pass heavy than run. And so I'm going to go under. Um, I hope it's over just be the fact that means that this team is winning football games and they, in the fourth quarter, start running the football. That would be a nice thing. But I think that 1200, it's going to be a close one there. 
but I, I, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I agree. I'm going to go <laughs> under for the same reason. And again, he just has to show me he can be on the field for enough games yeah. to get to 1,200. Lance, how about you? Yeah, he has to do that. And I think Jeff was scratching the surface of a very important point. I've said this all offseason. The Bills did not use their conventional running backs much. Now, I understand they didn't have Saquon Barkley, but we really need to see how many opportunities on the ground anybody's going to get volume-wise per game. I think Saquon may do more damage as a receiver, so all of those reasons combined is why I'm going under. Paul? You know, if uh, if you could sign me up for Barkley at uh, 1150 on the ground and 850 in the air, I'd be ecstatic. Those numbers would be damn close to what he did as a rookie when he had 2,000 combined yards from scrimmage. So I will go under, but I think it's going to be razor thin. Okay, let's go receptions then, Mr. Detino. We'll start with you. I went 65, which ironically, if I'm not mistaken, I believe is the highest over-under on receptions that I gave to any player. So that kind of shows you what I think I'm thinking in terms of how he could be used in the passing game. Yeah, I've got him at about 75 catches this year, so it's, it's over for me. Okay, over for Paul. Jeff, how about you? Uh, I like the number 65. I, that's what I had before you had did, did this. And well, so, Jeff, I mean, if you want, you could pick 65 exactly. I don't think that's a very good bet, though. No, it's not, because <laughs> this is an over or under. So I'm going to go under at 64 and a half. <laughs> there you go. Lance, how about you? Well, I mean, I'm just going through the math in my head. We talked about Tony. We talked about Robinson. We talked about Galladay. And we've been talking about all of them in that 55-65 category. So, I mean, boy, if Barkley gets 75, as Paul said, whoo. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're really talking about spreading the wealth and then some. He had 91 as a rookie. I don't think he's going to get there. Once again, durability, health. I think he'll come in slightly under 65. I think so, too, because I don't think he's going to be like the checkdown king, right? Like this, and I think you're almost going to use Wandell in that role a little bit more. Yeah. And Barkley will almost be more of a downfield threat. So maybe the in. volume's going to be down, but the yards will be up a little bit based on what we've seen before in his yards per catch, his average depth of target, stuff like that. Total touchdowns for Barkley. Jeff, why don't we start with you on this wow, one? This Nine and a half. One. How did you go so high here? What was your rationale behind the number? Well, I thought he could have like four or five receiving, and then all he needs is four or five rushing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it just seems like I just uh, – I got to go under here. I'm again, this all predicates itself on him being in the games. And, you know, I just think, again, there's just so many different things. I like the way that Brian Dable, the last three days now, or at least the first day came out and just like firing away at the red zone. He said it today in his press conference. The red zone is so important. The red zone is, well, yes, by the way, coach says that, by the way, but more importantly, the red zone is very important for this team because they stink in the red zone. (laughs) They're horrible. (laughs) So I'm going to say that he's going to go over this. I think that Saquon will be involved heavily in the red zone and going there. All right. Lance, how about you? Well, see, it goes back to Robinson, Tony. All these guys are potential opportunities in the red zone to handle the football, whether it be through the air or on the ground. I'm going to use Paul's phrase. I think there's going to be razor thin here, but I'm going to go under because your breakdown, John, I think is accurate. He could get four receiving touchdowns, but he could also get four rushing and come in at eight. I don't think that's crazy. So I'm going to go slightly under. Yeah, I'm going to go under also. Uh, I could easily see him rush for six or seven. I'm just not so sure. He may break away for a touchdown receiving, but I just don't think he's going to get the receiving touchdowns that will put him over on the nine and a half. I think they're going to design some stuff for him. Yeah. To, to, to get those types of scores. I'm going to go over here. So maybe while his overall production might be down, I think his scoring production will be up this year. 
And I, I'm, I'm going to go over nine and a half. John, if I may add, though, yes. I would love for Barkley to run for 15 touchdowns because you know me. Get that ball inside the five-yard line, pound the living stuffing out of it, get behind that new offensive line, and smash the damn you know, pigskin across the goal line. I, for one, I love cannot that. wait until Paul has to wrap his head around that, this like RPO, <laughs> yeah, you know, know. movement op- know. offense, 40 throws a game, no huddle, this new age thing, and Paul is going to have to Living dig himself now, out Living of now. caveman cave. <laughs> Look, I, I've and, already and started to bend a little bit, okay? Take the club out of his hand, and like no more yabba-dabba-doo, and, and he's going to have to be like the Jetsons, and he can't be like the Flintstones anymore. I know. I know. I'm just excited <laughs> with what should be a much better offensive line, and I'd love to see those guys get a chance to sock some folks in the mouth on the goal line. I'm sure they'll have those opportunities. All right, let's go to Daniel Jones here, guys. Who wants to lead us off on Daniel Jones? Who wants to go first? I think Lance should go first. All right, you want Lance. me to go first? Okay. Yes. And by I'm the way, honored, Jeff, thank <laughs> you welcome. so much. No, no problem. <laughs> Lance, by the way, has only had three overs so far. He has had nine unders as we've gone so far. Lance, what's our completion percentage? 65%. Last year he was just over 64. This would be a career high. Over or under 65%. Well, if we go with the mm-hmm. preface that or the premise, excuse me, that he's going to throw maybe some shorter passes, get these guys out in open space, you figure, right, that should improve the completion percentage. So I think he could get slightly over 65. Could he be like 65 and a half? I don't think that's crazy. I'll go over here. Yeah, I'm going over too. I'm with you. I think he's. I think there's going to be a lot of these kind of, you know, short design throws that'll boost this percentage. So I'm going to go over here as well. Paul? I'll give you 67. That's over, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, 67. That's juicy. Paul, how, uh, Jeff, how about you? And by the way, this 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 statistic has nothing to do with being on the field. So this Correct, because it's only the amount of games you <laughs> so play. So I'm going to yeah. go over here because I, I do think that I, I'm, with, I'm with Lance. I think that there's going to get a lot of more opportunities for short completions. Okay, so we're all on the – I think that's only one of two ones that we were all on the same page here. So we'll go over on that. Now, I did yards per game here in terms of passing yards. So we take the injury – thing out of the equation okay mm-hmm. so 235 yards per game if you do take that over a 17 game season it is just under 4,000 yards it's like 39 I think 65 or 39 mm-hmm. 70 something like that I have to do the math again but I think that's about where it landed when mm-hmm. I when I did the math here so 235 passing yards per game let's go you first Mr. Tatino yeah I, I'll go over on this um I'm I'm a Daniel Jones believer. If you're not, you'll look at all these over-under numbers and you'll just go under across the board. If you are a Daniel Jones believer and you believe in this offense and you believe in Dayball and you think he's going to stay healthy, uh, you'll like a lot of overs on this. And I will go here over. Jeff? Well, I, I think in the, in the world of the NFL today, in this passing league, if you can't throw for 4,000 yards in 17 games as an NFL quarterback, then there's something wrong with the offensive coordinator and the player. I mean, that's just my opinion. So if that and those numbers, if they drive right, then I'm going to go over. I think 235 is definitely. Well, and consider the weaponry they've got at yeah. their disposal, yeah. too. And by the way, I think that there's a lot of big plays sprinkled in with all of these guys that we're talking mm-hmm. about. There could be a big 60-yarder in here. We know that we know that Tony can do it. We know that Saquon certainly can do it. And I think that there's some other big ones in there with Wondell and, of course, uh, Just Kenny Galladay maybe. for the record last year, Jeff, take a guess. How many quarterbacks do for more than 4,000 <laughs> yards? Uh, at least half of them. Nope. 
Just okay. 10. 10 out of 32. Just 10. Wow, they, they're staying so that is a bigger <laughs> that is a bigger number than you that is a bigger number than you think. Well, the 4000 yards uh, though is a cumulative total and you got a lot of quarterbacks who miss games because they get hurt. Mhm. True. I think the better, the better. If you wanted to really zap them, John, you'd ask, tell them how many guys did average two thirty-five. Well, that would I, be a more true number. I don't how, have that. I don't. Or how many of them? <laughs> how many of the seventeen game? How many of the quarters that played seventeen games threw for four thousand or more? That's the question I would ask. I also don't have that number. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Then sit back in your chair and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and just for the record, the when ten guys comes back to bite. Yes. The the ten guys that did throw for four thousand last year were Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, Pat Mahomes, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers. Pretty good group. Off the top of my head, I would say Aaron missed one game due to COVID. Dak missed one game due to injury when Maybe Cooper Rush filled in for him. Oh, was it only one for Dak? I thought it was Did two. Did he might sit right. out? No, I thought he played that last game against the Eagles a little bit. Mm, you might be I right. I believe most of those guys were 16 yeah. or more, 15 or more. Exactly. Right? That was my point. Yeah. Yep. Very few games missed across the board with yep. all those guys. Okay. Lance, so. you're up. Well, that hopefully allays Jeff's fears and answers yes. his question because yeah. that was his follow-up. So I think we all came together as a Thank unit you. and we got to the bottom of that mystery. Yes, I'm so did. glad we clarified that. Well, I'm with Jeff. I'm more of a show-me type of guy. I know this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with staying healthy, but until Daniel Jones can prove he could play a full season, I'm not sold. But I'm also not necessarily guaranteeing that just because you get more talent on the field, the numbers are going to improve. He was about at 221 last season, mm -hmm. if I'm accurate in terms of yep. the yardage per game. So, you, got it. you know, could he get 14 to 15 yards more per game? Yes. I don't think it's asking for a whole lot, but I'm going to go slightly under. I see it coming in maybe like 233, 234. Okay. Um, yeah, that, this would be a career high for him. His, his career high was a rookie. He was at like 232 or 233. Um, so I'm going to go over here again. I just think there's going to be a large volume now. Again, the Giants' schedule isn't as tough this year, so this might be a situation where they have the lead. They don't have to throw it as much, um, but I still think this is going to be a passing-heavy attack, so I think the volume uh, will will get Jones over that number. And, of course, a lot of that's going to depend, too, in terms of what the totals look like at the end of the year based on how many games he starts. So over-under, number of games started for Daniel Jones, 14. Lance, over-under. Of course, starting with me. That was the high in 2020 for him. And, you know, that was the number I was eyeing. I could see him coming in exactly at 14. But since we got to go over under here, I'm going to go with the under. Mr. Dettino? Hmm. I've asked him for 15. You know, we've talked about it on the show. And I've said, look, he's going to have to start at least 15 to make a good logical decision about his future. He starts less than that. You have to start really scratching your head and trying to figure out what are you going to do. Um, so 14 is a painful number for me to have to digest. Uh, look, I'm going to try to be optimistic here, so I'll go over and say he will start at least 15. But I have, I don't have a lot of a, a lot a lot of concrete behind my uh, under my legs on that one. Yeah, I, I will go with the in the pure show me camp. And yeah, he's got to show me, so yeah. I'm going to go under here. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, the same. And as far as you know, painful. I mean, he's got a, I, I, you know, he knows what he has to do in order to get a new contract, right? So he's going to want to stay healthy, and you know whether that means he's going to say to himself, "I'm not going to take off as I used to. I'm going to get down." There's things that he's going to maybe caution to, to be able to stay on the field. But I'm still going to go under because I, I just uh, he's never played this many. So I just I'm going to go yeah. with the trend. No, I get it. I totally get it. Okay, let's go to passing touchdowns. Now I didn't do like 
1.3 passing <laughs> touchdowns per game because that would have been <laughs> annoying. I decided to instead go with total touchdowns. So I guess the injury factor here does play into the equation. I went 27 and a half, 27 and a half. And just for the record, mm-hmm. last year, Jeff, take a guess. How many quarterbacks do for more mm-hmm. than 27 and a half touchdowns? I'm going to say 10. Very close. Nine. And those nine, Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady. In fact, the same exact group that threw for 4,000 yards, except (laughs) one guy is missing from that group, and that's Derek Carr, who only had 23 touchdown passes last year, which seems like a pretty low number. Um, So that's where we are. Jeff, over under 27.5 touchdown passes for Daniel Jones. I hope the Giants score 27.5 touchdowns this year, (laughs) to be honest with you. So for asking DJ to throw 27.5 is way under. (laughs) Way under. All right, Jeff. No, uh, listen, I tell you, the the red zone, I'm still sick from last year. Can you tell? Last year? You mean like the last five years, tell, right? Jeff. I can't control my emotions with you. How many times? Have you, have you, ever, have you ever heard of the, have you ever heard of the cliche, the truth oh, hurts? It, have, this one really hurts. You have Lance uh, diet over there, Jeff. Jeez. I'm, okay, so I'm going to give Lance a chance to recover over there. Paul, how about you? Over or under 27 well, and a half? If I'm going to go uh, with the gut and say over on the games played, I do think he'll throw 31 touchdown passes, providing he plays at least 15 games. So I've answered the other question that way. I've got to answer it this way. Now, remember, Eli threw over 30 or more touchdown passes three times in his career. So, you know, you're not. 16. Yeah, you're not. I know. But my point is, it's not asking for a Herculean number, especially with a pass-happy offense, with a an offensive scheme that wants to throw it even more than Gilbride did. So I do think he can do that. It's over. And again, I think, like Paul said, this is the games played. He went over the games played. I went under, so I'll go under for that reason. Um, but I think if, if he does get to this six to a 16-game plateau, give or take, I think he will go over this number. But again, until he shows me he can do it, uh, I'm, I'm going to slide in with the under here. Lance, are you ready? Are you okay now? No, I am okay, yeah. Well, okay, it's good. funny that Paul brought up Eli Manning because as I bring up his numbers, and I want to make a point here, Eli did have three seasons where he had 30 or more, but look at what he did the previous years. He had 27 the previous year, and I understand Eli stayed healthy. I'm just making a point here. So he jumped by four the first time. Then he went from 18 to 30 between 13 and 14. That was his most notable jump. That's plus 12. 13 was a disaster season for him. It was just a nightmare. And then he went from 30 to 35 between 14 and 15, plus 12, which is a pretty steep jump. You're asking Daniel Jones, I don't care how many extra games, I don't care how much you feel about this offense, plus 17 and a half, Jeff. Yes, I'm going to finish your statement, okay, because we're in sync here. And I made this point last season. I said you are going to be hard-pressed in NFL history that you're going to find multiple quarterbacks, even if they're working in new offenses, that have made this jump. Josh Allen, okay, he went from 20 to 37, and that was unreal. And that's probably your best example. And he was still working, though, within Brian Dable's offense, though. He didn't change coordinators. Guys, this is a huge under for me. Okay, let's go interceptions, Lance. We'll start with you here. I put the interception number, and I kind of – and, Jeff, I didn't give this one to you, so, you can, so you'll so you have some time to think about it okay. um, because, I, because I added this as the show started. I'm like, oh, how did we not put interceptions there? We need to put interceptions in. Mm-hmm. So I put interceptions in. I put the Daniel Jones over on there on interceptions at 10.5. For the year, and you know what? I'm going to make this more difficult. I'm going to make it 11 and a half because I think he's going to throw a lot of passes. Because last year, and I will count the numbers here: three, six, nine, twelve, 
13, 14, 15, 16 quarterbacks threw more than 11 and a half interceptions. So that puts them kind of right in the middle of the league in terms of interceptions, and I think that's a fair place to put the over-under. So I'll put the over-under on Daniel Jones' interceptions this year at 11 and a half. Lance, why don't we start with you? Yeah, you made it a little bit more challenging, and he did improve in terms of that number last season. Once again, his games also went down. If he is going to have more passing attempts, though, in this offense, which I think was a big theme we talked about, even if his games don't skyrocket, you're still putting the ball in the air, which could lead to a deflection here or there. I could see 12 being the total, so I'll go slightly over. 11 and a half. I, I'm not, me and you are read on the situation is almost identical, Lance. I think that's about where it winds up. So I'll just say I agree, and I'll also go over. Paul, how about you? The game started touchdowns and interceptions are all on cumes. You know, your yards per game is an average. Your completion percentage is certainly not a cume. But all three of these stats are cumes. So I'm going to have to go over because I think it's probably going to be about 31 touchdown passes and 13 picks. So I've got to go over. All right, Jeff. I would have liked if you included fumbles in this category. I can come up with a fumble number. On, well, no, uh, maybe you add you for the next them. one. I can do that right. No, no, no. I'm not combining. And the only reason I'm asking, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that is because we all know that what did Daniel Jones have to improve on? You know, when he was starting as a rookie and then moving forward in his career, it was turnovers, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, this is a new system. I we have no idea how he's going to produce in it, but I I got to believe that with Mike Kafka, I also with Mike Grow here who is the quarterback coach. I think he's a really good one. I think he will help Daniel Jones. I think he will improve on this. I'm going to go I'm going to go under. Ooh, okay? okay. I'm going to go like under it. because here's why. All the stuff that we've been talking about, the little dink and dunk shot stuff, right? Although he did show throw an interception to <laughs> to Holmes today it was a dump off pass anyway. Mm-hmm. Um I still think he's going to be okay. So I'm going to go under. Remember, his interception percentage has gone down every season. This narrative about him being a turnover machine is such crap because in the the latter stages of his three years plus years here with the Giants, he has significantly cut down on his turnovers, especially in the area of interceptions. Speaking of which... Um, let's well by his interception rate, by the way, just so people can get the idea in terms of uh, percentages, was two point six his rookie year, two point two his second year, down to one point nine his third year. So as Paul mentioned, it has been on a decline. Now let's talk about fumbles. This is just fumbles, it's not fumbles lost because that's out of Daniel's control. Yeah. We're just talking about total fumbles, okay? He had eighteen as a rookie, down to eleven as a second year player, down to just seven last year. Now it was fewer games, only eleven, but still down to seven last year. So eighteen, eleven, seven. How many fumbles will Daniel Jones have this year? I will put the over-under at... I think he's going to play more games than 11. How about let's put the over-under at 9.5. 9.5 for Daniel Jones fumbles. Paul, you like to do these things on instinct, so how about I start with you? Yeah, very difficult one because, as you know, during certain seasons of Manning's career, of Kerry Collins' career, and of Phil Simms' career they had significant fumble issues. And then in other years, they barely put the ball on the ground. And so a lot of that has to do with how well does the offensive line protect? Because you get blindside hits, and all of a sudden the sack number goes up, the hit number goes up, and guess what? The fumble number goes up. So this has a lot to do with the offensive line. And then on top of that, the second part of this mystery equation 
is how many times is Dable really going to want Daniel Jones to run as part of the standard game plan? Because when he does take off to run, he's now subject to being hit like a running back. And we have seen quarterback design run, right? not, and, and not just with him, by the way, also with Taylor and Correct. Davis Webb in practice so far. Correct. So, unfortunately, not having any clue as to if the line will hold up or not, I'd like to think they will, but I don't know that. And I also don't know, I suspect he's going to run a little more than I want him to. <laughs> I'll say he'll probably eclipse that number by by one or two, and I will go over, Ooh. which is disappointing to me. Because if the line does its business, and if they reduce his runs a little bit like I want them to, I could very easily assure you it would be under. But I'm not the head coach. Yeah. And, I'm not, and, I, and I, can't, I can't control that offensive line. I'm going to go under here. I think... Um... I think that you're going to have a better offensive line performance um, with Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas on the outside and Glowinski playing inside. I think it'll be better. And um, just a gut. I, I think we'll probably finish with nine on the dot, which will be just under that nine and a half. How about yeah. you, Lance? Yeah, I can see him going ten, ten and a half, slightly over with respect to your totals. Well, I'd so. be very surprised if he finished with ten and a half. Points. I know, exactly. Well, I was just giving the roundabout numbers <laughs> yeah, that we're using, know, yes. It'd be, very, it'd be impressive to get credit for half, for half a fumble, a fumble. Loss, Yeah, I know. Which means that impressed. he and another player run forward together, each having a hand on the corner of the football. Hey, guys, you know, listen, we've seen weird things yeah, in NFL That history. would be a it's creative possible. play call. It would be yeah, a creative yeah, play yeah, call. Well, if we are talking yeah. creativity, I'm calling it right now. Uh, Daniel Jones and Wandell Robinson will be in unison running the ball, a shared fumble. There you go. It'll be the first time in Giants history and the first time in NFL history that that will ever occur. But in all seriousness, Paul, what he was talking about is, see, I'm not focusing so much on the offensive line. I'm with Paul. I think he will run more than I am hoping for him to run too just because of the mindset of Dable and how the Buffalo offense operated. So to me, that's not really dependent on the offensive line. If you're going to run Daniel Jones, he's going to get hit by a defender unless he's going to give himself up every single play. He's going to expose himself to hits. Josh Allen didn't give himself up on every play. So that means you're going to now put yourself in a position where you could cough up the football. That alone, I think, could get it to about 10. No, you guys have good arguments. Jeff? It's a, it's a half a fumble a game. Is the number nine and a half divided by seventeen is zero point five. So there, uh, no, no, it's not. No, <laughs> nine and a half times two is nineteen, not seventeen. Oh, really? Hold on a second. Hold on, nine <laughs> so, point, so, so, nine point so five much, divided so, by so, seventeen so, games. Right? So much for Isn't the call for being no. the mathematician. Now, see, it, if John wanted to get Jeff <laughs> back, he would have said, seven. "Go back in your corner and sit down and <laughs> shut up." Yes, That's exactly. What it been a lie. Oh, yes, I yeah. should have said that. Wow. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> this is turning really into a did. bloodbath. It is uh, indeed, yes. So, what is the number then? <laughs> the number's nine and a half. Seriously. I want to know numbers, what it is per game. No, the number is nine and a half, so that would equal um, slightly less than a half a fumble per game, uh, 0. 0.4 or something like right. that. I'd have to do the math on it. I had 0. 0.55, but I don't know. So well, nine and a half. Are you saying he's playing all 17 games, yeah. though, Jeff? Yeah. Okay, so that comes out to 0. 0.55, that's so we'll round it off to 0. 0.6. Okay, that's what I said. Yeah, but the, the problem is you said before he's not going to play all 17. So if you base well, it off no, of we, that we, other but, number, but you've got a problem. But on some of these numbers, regardless, we have to go on. He's going to play 17 games. If right? you want to. Well, okay. I think these categories are kind of tied together in some way. All right. Well, listen, we can go on and on in this, but the fact is that he's going to fumble more than that. So there you go. Okay. I'm going over. <laughs> okay. Throw it over. I got it. I got it. That's fine. Yes. So, so if, 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 he, if he fumbles. A half a Yes. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. Game. If he averages point 
five five fumbles per game that would get him to around nine and a half. That is correct. So yes. do you agree that with me that if you correct. take if you take nine point five and divide it by seventeen games, it does not come out to point five five? If you no 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 that is wrong. That's not what you said. You said that equals point five fumbles per game. That's not point five fumbles per game. I got zero point five. Correct. Okay. Then I stand corrected. You misspoke like you usually misspoke. I always misspoke, so it doesn't matter. All right. So you guys know me well enough to know that I are you going over then, Jeff? I'm going over. Okay, He's, over. Yeah, Thank I did you. say over. I'm coming right, over um, the line too. We, 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 <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I can be extra mean because we're not in the same room, so that's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I would be staring you down if you were in this room. Oh, right yes, now. I, I know you would be. All right, so uh, we're not going to do defense today because we're at an hour. But we, I have two questions yeah. that I'm going to ask here, each of you. Um, I don't want to go through individual tight ends because I just think it would have been tedious. So I'm just going to ask each of you individually. Um, what tight end do you think will lead the Giants in receiving yards this year? I'll go first. I'm going to go with uh, rookie Daniel Bellinger. Lance, how about you? Well, I know where Paul's going. I'd be stunned if he doesn't give that same answer. That's a little teaser. I think Bellinger is going to lead with receptions. I'm going to go Ricky Seals-Jones in okay. receiving yards, though, if I could split, if I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, you can do that. That's fine. That's what I'm going to go with. Well, if, you, if we're going to split, I'm going to go with Lance. Exactly. That's what I had on my sheet right here. Ricky well, I'm, Jones. I'm asking receiving. Yeah. Okay, so you, yeah. okay, so well, I, because I you had it in saying. one line. Yeah, John. no, I, you're right. You're right. I do. Confusing. You're right. No, yeah, it's a good point. So, right, Jeff, so. go back at him here. This no, is no, your no, time to fine. get. All right, what are you so trying to do to us, John? So Lance is going Bellinger and Seals Jones. So is Jeff. So that's Lance and Jeff with the same answer. Paul, how about you? Yeah, make it three. I feel the same way. Okay, so I am on island. Hold on. We need to take a deep breath here. Wait a minute. Can you say that again? Paul, you're not going Bellinger with both categories? No. Wow. No, I, I Honestly, think, I previous think... conversations you and I had, I could have sworn you were going to go Bellinger with both. I didn't think you were very high on the Ricky Seals-Jones train for receiving yards. There are birdies that have told me otherwise. Oh, all right. I like birdies. Mm, I know you oh. do, you golfer. <laughs> <laughs> right, Pearson? We like birdies. <laughs> the ones without wings. I'm not right. talking to birds. I'm talking to ostriches, by the way. But anyway, go ahead. Aflac. That's a duck. <sighs> yeah, that's Enough a duck. With the well, not, not a sponsor of the Giants, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> he has a knack for promoting everybody yes. that's not in business with the Giants. Correct. Yes. Well, maybe I'm just trying to encourage business. MetLife would be the official insurance company of the New York football that's Giants, correct. by the way. So yes, let's sir. just promote those, please. We Thank should. You. That's just the wrong animal, though. But anyway. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, 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 MetLife isn't an animal, really, is it? Well, they used, used to, to be, right? Snoopy. Used Snoopy, to be. Snoopy used to be a part not, of there. Not anymore, though. Not no, anymore. well, I said used to. I used yeah. the term right. used That's to. Correct. That's correct. politically correct on this program. All right, final, final what category. Uh, yeah, Pierce what did you, you say, John? You don't want to John, know. what did you say? Um, <laughs> you I, went Bellinger. I went Bellinger for both. Okay, gotcha. I went Bellinger for both. All right, here we go. Ranking yards per game. Why don't we go backwards here? So why don't we start with you, Paul? Now, this is passing and rushing yards this offensively. Is total, total offense. Offensive rank in terms of not yeah. number of yards, the rank. So, one through 32. Last year, they were 31. Yeah. But see, it's not about, about the jump in the ranking. It's about how many more yards you think they'll have. And then ultimately, the league will determine where that falls in a ranking. Well, they were 299 last year. And if you go right. and look at this, the top one was in the 300, like 80 yards or something. Right, right. right. I don't have any I, I think I think they could easily have another 40 yards a game with this offense. I really believe that because of the dynamics so that, that we're talking about. in the about. last quarter of the league. Yeah. So that's going to put them somewhere in the vicinity. I would say, what, 6, 17, 18, somewhere in that, in that. 
What are we talking about, Jeff? Did you, That's a did big you do jump. The, did you, well, well, I have I the numbers in front. We're talking yeah, about total right. offense, right? Yeah. So yeah, total, total yards offense. per game. So what? Are you, how much are you saying they're going to boost? I'm thinking ball? they're going to boost by about 40 yards a game. I think they could. And where so would that if, put them? So it would be three, 340. Right. Where right would that put there. them based on last year's ranking? Probably in the middle. That would put them. Cleveland finished with 341 yards per game. And Cleveland and they was rank? a little bit. It seems like slightly lower than the middle of the pack. Let me go here. So about 18? Yeah, I would say about give 17, me 18. 18. Give, give me yeah. 18. In that ballpark. No, I, I, I can tell you. Um, oh, see, I got yards per game. Uh, let's see, 340, you're asking, last Cleveland year? Cleveland was 18th. I just counted it. Cleveland okay, finished exactly you. 18th mm-hmm. in the NFL. I that's mean, where I, they were. I think yeah. that's realistic. So. That's a big jump. 31 to 18. Okay. I don't care about the ranking. I'm looking at the yardage. You're looking at the total. You're just the, yard, the that yardage is justifying yeah. where I think they're going to be. See, John easily he, he easily could have said how many yards will the Giants' offense have a game, and that's how I'm basing the logic. Though I think they'll on, gain forty yards a game more which than they have this year. Ranking? Well, not necessarily because well, the though, league determines the ranking based on how well the league performs. That's a that's a big that's a different story. I just think, though, the number is going to be a little bit less than 340 because I don't know what Jeff was looking at. Jeff, I have the Giants at 287.3 yards per game last season. I don't know. You said 299. Yeah, I got unless that from, I'm just looking at a different breakdown I got it from pro for total offense. That's where okay. I got that number. Oh, so. Well, so, well, because that because that's about a ten yard differential. Yeah. Because that would pull that that would put them more in the three thirty. I, I will give you the, the, the official range. number from NFL Jesus is two eighty seven point three. So that was the number that I. If had. you okay. add forty yes. yards, Paul, that would put them at three twenty seven, and that would rank them right below Denver. So that would be let's see thirty two, thirty one, thirty two. That'd be twentieth. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Seattle. Okay. So, Seattle would be the spot. The twentieth so overall. I, team. I'd be satisfied. Well, I, we said eighteen for me. Yes. I don't have eighteen twenty. That's so close. I don't care. You could just leave it the way it is. All right, I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm going. So okay, so who wants to go next year and give their number? I'll give the number. I'm gonna okay. go twenty second in the NFL. Okay, will be my ranking. Slightly lower. I could see them being in that three fifteen, three twenty barometer. So twenty second overall. That's about a ten spot jump. Based on where they were last season. I'm going to go 20th, so I'm kind of right in that same area. Jeff, how about you? 21. Oh, so we're, wow. This is like real, like, price is right type <laughs> right, stuff. Yeah. No one's going to take $1 here, no? No one's going to try to win? <laughs> number one. I go number one. They're going to be number one. <laughs> Jeff wants that refrigerator. <laughs> I want the new car. <laughs> I've seen people actually bid 50 cents on that stupid <laughs> Not stupid. It's stupid. The new half a fumble. The old one. Yeah, half a fumble. (laughs) Price is Right is not stupid. No, No, but the way that those rules were were set up, you don't have somebody. Okay, uh, I think fifty cents, Drew. Okay, great. Price is Right will not be sponsoring the Giants anytime soon. (laughs) No, apparently not. Just saying. Yes. Yeah. All right, everybody. Good stuff today. This was offensive over unders. So Pearson, that's how you can label this sucker. Uh, over unders on offense. We'll do defense next week, and then hopefully we'll be live at some point next week and be able to take your calls uh, as we move forward here, as we try to figure out the uh, that part of the streaming deal. Um, so for the guys, I'm John Schmelk. Thanks for being with us. Enjoy your weekend. There'll be practice tomorrow. Check out Giants.com and our social media channels for all of our coverage of practice on Friday. Sunday is a much earned day off for everybody, and then we we'll back on Monday with our first pad practice and of course big blue kickoff live will come your way afterwards uh either live or taped i imagine monday will probably still be taped but we'll recap everything that happened to the giants first uh practice of real football since basically last january so it'll be fun can't wait enjoy your weekend everybody and we'll see you on monday
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 